get your smoke on, I get your chill on. Let's get these conversations on. Crawling on moms and anybody who's living life. The Pop Moms Podcast is. Oh, hello there. Hi, team. How's it going? For us, it's going really great. Um, <laughs> we're here because we are wanting to talk about, I guess, us reflecting after listening to our episode that we released on microdosing. This is the microdosing recap, you guys. And I find this especially essential because after we finished recording the app, we had many of those same experiences, or I did personally, that I talked about in the episode where if you are lying to yourself about something or you have some insecurities, like they're going to come up. And it probably didn't help that we had that live scheduled so that we were forced to like present ourselves publicly while microdosing. Which we said in the episode, we didn't want to talk to anyone who wasn't on mushrooms. So we should have just stayed true to that. I know we should have known, but we had the live scheduled and in our, you know, quote unquote veteran minds, we thought like it'd be no big deal, but that's, you know, another disclaimer for everybody Doing psychedelics is a little bit of a deal. You probably don't want to have anything scheduled later in the day, like a live on your platform <laughs> that your mom might sign into and then totally mess with your head. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that was yeah. that was it, honestly. But you yeah. know, it it sent me into this place where after the fact, I just got really in my head about how I have yet to heal my debilitating concern for what other people think about me. Specifically around your drug use, right? Totally. Around around it. Yeah, specifically around that, but I mean, kind of in general, right? I feel like I've kind of always, as a woman, you're conditioned to think that all your value rests in how you present to other people, basically. And I have spent a lot of intentional work as an adult trying to heal that, cure that, unlearn that, but still... You know, when you're when the filters are all gone because you're microdosing or on some type of psychedelic substance, it just it comes back up. And, you know, we had done the live and then we signed off quickly because we were like, yeah, we're high on mushrooms. Let's bail out. And then I was like, what did people think? People like, you know, there was no one thought shit because it was like for people. But the point of that (laughs) is, is, well, so how, again, I always have to spin it into a positive is we had a really great conversation about what we wanted the lives to be in the future and how like for me, so that I, I mean, like, again, I'm a special person. I'm not trying to say this, but I also don't add value just sitting and staring back at a screen. So, you know, we talked about, would it be cool if we did cooking with cannabis or just our favorite things to eat while we have the munchies or Natalie is an epic joint roller. It would be really (laughs) cool to do a live showing how you do that because it's a talent, you know? And I mean, I have a great talent for stuffing cones. So, hey, two ideas in one. But then we also also talked about how it would be cool because after we record all of these episodes, we kind of like debrief, right? We take notes. What did we think about it? Is there anything that we would have done differently? So I think that that would actually be a really cool experience to do with you guys. Yeah. So just a note, our future lives, we're thinking we'll do maybe every Friday or as often as we can after we record. We might be completely sporadic. Yeah, it could be completely sporadic. We're definitely not going to commit. But, you know, all this to say that we had this experience We reflected upon it similarly to how we described in that episode where like it allows you to cut through all your bullshit, really look at the situation and decide how to move forwards in like a judgment free and fabulous way, which was awesome. So overall, mission accomplished. Loved the experience. Yep. But I will say, you know, we thought like, oh, two, no big deal. We're professionals. We can handle it. 
definitely want to just remind everybody, always start with one. Yeah, start with one. Well, okay, so again, so I want to give the background as to like, so again, you heard us in the episode. We were like, guys, 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 we're these seasoned veterans. We took (laughs) two, okay, maybe start with one, start with a half. And I still maintain that, but I completely retract anything I said (laughs) about me being OG, anything like that. Because after we got done and we were, again, debriefing and talking about it and just kind of being silly, um... We looked at the back of the serving suggestions, okay? So, a microdose was one to three pieces. Stimulate the mind. Totally did. Totally stimulated the mind. It really, really did. And it was wonderful. I had a great time. It was really fun. It was exactly what I needed. You know, on here it says, one of the oldest and safest natural medicines in the world, health benefits from magic chocolates have been known to reduce stress, depression, stimulate brain cell growth, increase focus, and sharpen your senses. And you spoke about it too. You actually, which was really cool because when we listened to it back, Natalie said your six senses. And yeah. And then I was like, wait, there's only five senses, but not when you're on psychedelics. Right. Because <laughs> if you think about it, your third eye, which, you know, arguably is your sixth sense, your intuition, intuition. whatever you want to call it. I like that you included it. I know. And I think it has to be included from here on out. And the conversation socially, culturally around intuition is now so mainstream that I feel like, fuck it. We have six senses, you guys. Yeah. Plot twist. It's not a plot twist. It's been this way all along. And your intuition knew it and said it. Exactly right. So serving suggestions. A microdose was between one and three. Obviously, again, we took two. We did not go back for that third. It was a lot. I know. But it was was great because it was positive and I would do it again. Totally. I would do it again. I think it was fabulous. I was having slight visuals though. Like, and by visuals, I just mean colors are a little bit richer. There's like a subtle movement to the things that you're looking at. It's like very subtle, very, very subtle, especially on just the two, but enough that I was like, oh, we're almost out of the realm that I would call microdosing. Or feeling comfortable without losing more control. Exactly right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm okay hanging out in that area. Me too. I love that space. I would need to be away from my family for the duration like should I want to go ahead down a rabbit hole and do more yeah like should we have done more we would have been spending the entire day together yeah. and not going out which wouldn't have been a bad thing I know we would have had a great time we probably will another day right <laughs> schedule it um so then the second serving size is called therapeutic which is I'm sorry four to nine pieces yeah a four to nine th- which I guess you know when you think about like define therapeutic right what we talked about about realigning your neural pathways and developing new neural pathways that is all what I would consider therapeutic and probably does make sense to have had a bit more but oh my god if two fuck us up the way it did I cannot even imagine eating nine nine I know and then wait there's another level there's another tier it's called god mode <laughs> And that's 10 to 15 pieces, and it says walls might melt. That, I saw that, and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. No, not for me. How many pieces are even in it? I don't don't know. Well, maybe 15. Servings per bar five. There's five. Oh, yeah, there is 15, so you'd literally eat this entire thing. Oh, my gosh, chaos. I can't even imagine. Yeah, and, and ultimately, I think that this all comes back to the conversation around how you're using substances. So, for me, I don't have you know, the trauma of my youth to feel like I ever need to go to this God mode place where I want to like rewire, not that it would like rewire everything, but you know, go to this place that you're so out of control that you have like an out of body transformative experience 
quote unquote walls melting. Like there's no part of my consciousness that really wants to go to that place because I don't have a need for it. I could see myself one day like going to South America and doing an ayahuasca trip that was a guided experience just to have done it, to know what it's like. And maybe that's a pop mom's paradise. Totally. Psychedelic retreat someday. But I just like in my current life, I don't ever need to go to that tier. I'm more of like a microdosing or let's say we were like at a festival or had like a weekend where you were doing, you know, so... For example, I used to go to Panic in La Playa for a couple years in a row, which is widespread panic in the Dominican Republic, or it was in the Dominican Republic at the time. And on those days, yeah, we'd trip all day long. We'd eat like a handful of tabs of acid because you have no responsibilities. It's all about the adventure. It's all about the trip, if you will. Whereas like in our lives today as moms with families, with responsibilities, you know, we were recording on a Friday morning. We're picking up our kids by three or whatever. So it's like, yeah, little mushroom microdose. That's how long do we think that impacts you? Maybe three to five hours, depending on the person you are. I really think it depends on the person that you are. I'm actually looking at the back of the box to see if it did say anything. Because, I mean, this was like, so this, you know, it was really cool. Because in the episode, we talked about how plant medicine, like hypothetically, could go out and forage something for yourself to go ahead and eat. That was very much not the experience. We had this controlled experience by a brand called Polka Dot. Um, and it was like really, really, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, and I, I do really like the serving suggestions, but again, I really kind of like our advice better Yeah. <laughs> of taking it slow. And again, I know that we're reaching a very different, I mean, a very, Diverse a varying crowd. crowd. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but I mean, these are all lab tested to ensure quality control products are bat te- batch tested for potency. So I think that's cool. Yeah, and I guess they do have an Instagram, so they must not be afraid to share the brand. But No, there's a QR code. That's there's intentional. a QR code. And again, right. we're breaking the stigma, and like this is what we want. But I will say one thing that was interesting is, you know, afterwards and before we listened, to, listened back to the episode, we were both a little bit like, oh my God, I hope we didn't sound like idiots. Yeah, I just was so... Again, this comes back to my, you know, eternal concern for how other people are perceiving us, which is something I am working on. But at the same time, when you have a platform like this, when you were talking about normalizing substance use, the last thing we want to do is give anything a bad name. And so because I think that microdosing can be so beneficial creatively, therapeutically, what have you, I just did not want the episode to sound like a couple of idiots on mushrooms. But then we listen back to it. We're like, oh my God, we don't. We sound normal and the same, which is our whole goal. So yay. And that's breaking the stigma for us too. And I think that's also giving us confidence in doing this each week, right? And revealing ourselves unedited, un, you know, totally. filtered, just really this is what it is. Because if we were doing anything but that, it would just be a disservice. And I'm so glad that you said that because I think... The breaking the stigma for us is so much about what this is about. Even in the thought that we were worried about that tells you that like we have the stigma too. We also have been wired with this idea that like it might make you sound dumb or make you be stupid or whatever, which, you know, in my mind is not true. But like when I really think about it, it's not true. But there's the messaging that has made you feel that way. So then we're nervous about it. So then we want to re-listen to make sure it's perfect or we sound smart or whatever. And ultimately... I just like wish that I and everyone listening can shed all of that and never forget that everyone else is thinking about their own selves as much as you're thinking about your own self and nobody cares. Nobody's analyzing you the way you're analyzing you, you know, set yourself free. And I wish that, and and while like 100% set yourself free for yourself, I think 
when we were talking about how going off and doing, you know, drugs for festivals or things like that, when you don't have a ton of responsibilities, where I go is this, as more people listen to this podcast and more of people that I interact with in my social circles do, you know, I mean, I get worried about how it impacts my kids too. That's my thing where I'm like, oh God, am I doing this? And is this going to like make other people judge my parenting and then thus have it affect my kids? Okay. And I also so glad you brought that up because literally this morning I ran into a mom who was asking if I was coming to an event at the preschool that's today. It's like a pirate show basically and I was like well unfortunately I'm doing podcast recording and she was like what's your podcast oh my god never say that if you don't want to talk about it I, know. I will just put it out well, there and I she is like a wonderful neighbor I it's not that I didn't want to talk about it at all but it, like immediately the the like nerves yes. in my stomach was like I'm about to tell her that I am the co-host of a pot mom's podcast and I'm gonna get a look and it's whatever that look is she's either gonna light up like yay I'm a mom who loves pot or she's going to look at me confused, like, are you saying you're a cannabis spokeswoman? Or And she was, like, kind of a happy media where she was just like, oh, my God, fun. I'm going to check it out. And I was like, cool. But she's also pregnant with twins. So it's like she's probably not going to be using any plant medicine right now, potentially. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't learn about it. Well, totally. I know. But it is funny because then as I was walking home, I was thinking oh no, now she's going to go listen. Then maybe she's not going to let Leon play with her daughter, like let her daughter come to our house. I had this, it wasn't really like a spiral because Because it's a pot den here. Well, oh yeah, <laughs> pot central, hello. <laughs> I'll never get it right. It'll be pot den in my head. Pot den, whatever. I, go listen to the past episodes if you don't know what we're talking about. But um, anyways, I was just, you know, thinking that this could come back to limit Leon's potential with friends and play dates and obviously you hope that if anyone actually interacts with the podcast they will realize that we use these things responsibly that they're kept in very safe and out of children's reach places and what have you and these are a half hour of the however many half hours are in our total week exactly right you know we're getting together on Fridays to do these things and every other day we are shining beacons of responsibility I mean we're beacons of responsibility even on Fridays like true it's true but we're shattering the stigma for ourselves too. Yeah. And hopefully we're also doing that for our audience. And I think as this, these conversations expand through the culture, so too will the use of things like mushrooms to expand your horizons, you know, above and beyond, above and beyond. So I like that too. And I think going back to having fleeting moments with people who either a podcast comes up, someone told them about that. Like I said, like that has been, it has happened more, which is cool, which means more people are listening, which is the goal. But I do notice, I always am very apprehensive and almost, I I really hone into what the initial response is, which is hilarious because like, I'm not asking you to come microdose with us. I'm not asking you to smoke copious amounts of cannabis with us. I'm just asking for you to be okay with me doing it and realize that you can be an appropriate human while doing it. Yeah. And like with every parent at every party drinking alcohol, like we're just trying to get to a place where people, if we were to be like, oh yeah, I hit my pen instead of having this glass of wine. Right. It wouldn't be weird. You know, it would be normal. And in fact, people would be like, oh yeah, I actually, I have a big day tomorrow. I would much rather just like hit the pen than drink or whatever. You know, that's like where we're, where we're moving towards. And I think in Seattle, it kind of is like that. You know, I think 
it's like the stigma that I experience in my realm is like my own. It's my own stigma about what I'm doing or like thinking other people are thinking about what I'm doing, but nobody's thinking about what I'm doing. 100%, but at the same rate, okay, every dispensary that we go to, it's in some weird strip mall. <laughs> like a sketchy highway off turn. Like dispensaries here, even though it's legal and it's perfectly legal and I'm still scared to have these conversations with people that I, you know, see at my kid's school, which stinks because I don't get, I want to give credit where credit is due. Everyone who has talked with me about it is like, that's so cool. I can't wait to talk with you about it. And that's the goal is to have a dialogue, have a conversation about it. To your point, I'm just still a little bit stuck in the, oh my God, you're going to judge me. Then it's going to impact me in X amount of ways, but it doesn't. Because in a lot of cases, it makes me closer to these people or they know that they have a resource in me to be able to go ahead and be like, oh my God, hey, I have this question. Yeah. Can you help me with it? And a lot of that has spurred in my real life, which I love. If you know me in real life, if you want to know me in real life, I will always go to a dispensary with you. I will always have a conversation with you. If you tell me how you want to feel, I will have the conversation on how to best make that happen. I will give you trial and error tips. I mean... I've got it troubleshooted. If you want to know about the plant, you know, let's yeah. talk about it because the output is such a little part of the whole growing process. Yeah. So yeah, chat us up. I know. And I just feel like even this conversation we're having now is such evidence that it's still in there. This, I know. This concern for how other people are perceiving us that I just always come back to every time I use psychedelics. Every time in the last, like, 15 years or whenever I started using them occasionally, right? I always, at some point or another, throughout the trip, I get incredibly self-conscious. I, like, re- retreat into myself. Yep. I think everybody is looking at me. Nobody's fucking looking at me. Nobody, everybody else is retreating within themselves all fucked up, you know, but, and I, it is like a commentary on the greater conditioning that I have experienced that I'm just working so hard to free anyone I possibly can from. And it comes up so much in my photography as well, because my clients will be, I mean, and especially in like the dating and relationship coaching stuff. Everyone is just so concerned that uh, about what other people think of them. And like, if I'm photographing someone on the street, everybody's looking like, oh my God, are they looking at me? I'm like, no, they're not looking at you. They're thinking about what they have to do today or the shitty argument they got in with their partner this morning or the project that's late that they haven't done or the email they forgot to send. Like one glance, like, oh, there's a woman with a camera. Goodbye. Continue walking, thinking about my life, you know? And it is helping me to have been constantly experiencing that in my professional life so that then every time it comes up in my personal life, I remember, like, what would you tell your clients? You'd tell them, nobody fucking cares. Just keep on keeping on, you know? Well, and it's changing the talk track. Yeah. From that spiral where you're like, oh, my God, I really liked so-and-so. I, you know, coached her daughter in this. And now she's listening to my podcast. And I hope she still thinks I'm a competent person. But, yeah. like, at the end of the day, I know I'm a competent person. Exactly and that right. needs to be the narrative because then that just gives credibility and strength to that whole message that we're saying. I know. And like your self-talk of worthiness, right? Like I am worthy of educating. I am worthy of speaking about what I care about. I am worthy of having my opinions and thoughts and ideas heard without judgment and just reminding yourself that repeatedly. And also for every one person you turn off, hopefully you turn on 10 more, you know? But it is still a gray area when you have all of these states that are still illegal or 
Not even decriminalized. Wait, is every state decriminalized now? God, I wish it was, but I feel like that can't For cannabis? Yeah. I don't know, to be honest. Unlikely. Mississippi only just ratified the 13th Amendment, like, 2013 or something. So they're probably still not. But, you know, it's just where we live. We're in this progressive bubble where a podcast like this feels so possible and, like, not even that revolutionary, right? It's just like, yeah, mom's talking about cannabis. Everyone out there listening right now knows moms who use cannabis. It's like not that big of a deal here. But in the greater society, it's still taboo and a thing. And that's what we're working to claw past, if you will. 100%. And just giving people the idea to think through it. Yeah. To think about if it's an option for them. It might not be. Yeah, it might not be. But I think that if the time comes for you to attempt either microdosing, which is definitely where you should start, right? Or like a more therapeutic psychedelic experience that perhaps listening to our experience, listening to us talk about it while under the influence of it in that last episode might give you, I don't know, some comfort that like, oh yeah, it's not going to melt my brain and make me crazy or like whatever kind of crazy stuff you've heard. The egg in the frying pan. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Those like commercials, which is so funny because remember I mentioned like I saw that and was still like, I don't know. I'm still going to smoke weed. The eggs are delicious. Well, And I'm also, I for so long was like, the world is a tragic, depressing place. We're ruining our planet, our home. We don't care about each other. We're like, there's just so much horrible stuff. Quick, get high, fry my brain so I don't have to think about it and feel so sad. I have thought that a lobotomy might be an easier way. <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. No, that's hysterical because I was just texting my friend about that yesterday. I was like, don't worry, there's nothing wrong with you. He was saying that he's been feeling very sad, he's been spiraling. And I was like, yeah, you should be. If you're paying attention right now, you should be sad. If you're paying attention at all right now, the state of existence is super depressing. So I don't know how anybody's staying really positive. I mean, I am trying. I've mentioned my genetic set point is ultra joy. And I still feel like at least one time in the day, at least one conversation with a friend, we get to a doom spiral about microplastics and orcas attacking boats. Probably no. I stay off. with the orcas on this. <laughs> yeah, I know. Attack the boats. I, well, exactly right. I love. I know. They're like, get the fuck out of here. Stop ruining our home. I mean, I don't know if that's why they're attacking the boats. Maybe because they're running out of food. Like the I, fact that it's a learned action yeah. is fucking awesome. I know. It's wild. I'm rooting for the orcas. I know. I mean, I'm rooting for them too. And but I think you know that is like such a bigger commentary too on the sadness of the world where like when these countries like Indonesia that completely survive off the ocean can no longer get enough food for their populations from this sea that we are constantly overfishing at a grotesque rate and every single day polluting uh, and polluting. Yeah. Like what are they going to do? There's going to be just this mass migration. And even right now talking about it, you can hear, I was my like, she's doom spiraling. I know my veins start popping out on my forehead. I get so worked up. And then I think I must cope. I must get high. I must check out. I must like leave this place. My business coach tells me that I'm clairsentient. Like I always call myself an empath, but she's like, no, no, you're clairsentient. You literally feel other people's emotions, which now the more we've talked about it, I'm like, she is spot on. I like immediately go to this place where I'm an Indonesian person. My food is gone. I'm going to have to move my whole family freaking out. Like I'm literally turning red right now. <laughs> it's so worked up. It's paralyzing because yeah. it's hard to understand how an action from one person, which we all are, and we can only control ourselves can impact something bigger. Yeah. That's what I think freaks. I think that's a lot of the 
birthplace of some of the doom spirals because everyone's so divided and you think about the task of trying to bring people together and Uh, that being really, really tough. I know. It's crippling and it feels impossible, but also so possible. And that is like where there is some hope that the natural world rebounds incredibly quickly if we just leave it alone. If we could just get these 100 companies into a fucking pot mom psychedelic retreat so we could get them all some new neural pathways because everyone is operating in their own individual sphere so they are disconnected from like the greater harm that their corporation is doing like Exxon employees for example they're not horrible people but they work for a company that is ultimately contributing to the demise of our life source right and Chevron and whatever, like all, you know, we all are in some way. We all are in some way. We drive cars. You know, when I met Trevor, he had this like gigantic gas guzzling truck. I was like, this has to go right fucking now. Even though in the greater scheme of the world, Trevor driving that one truck is not going to save us. Right. But I do or like how it, it makes you rethink like, okay, I get really, I've said how weird I am about making sure that my recycling, my compost, my garbage. I think it's little things that are catalyst to like a bigger impact and again we might be able to only be able to impact what we can do but on that note about bringing everyone together and making everyone maybe take some mushrooms and talk about how (laughs) we can come together as a nation what if martha stewart and chelsea handler were our facilitators oh my god i would love nothing more like martha chelsea listen to us and let's let's do a global psycho microdose revolution is that a thing no but you know i feel like the rewiring of the neural pathways of these like handful of people who ultimately are in charge of what's happening right now. Hold a lot of power. They hold a lot of power. And by having conversations like this, it infiltrates into the greater society. Eventually maybe it trickles up to these people who are totally fucking us. Although, you know, there's like the entire city of Las Vegas doesn't recycle. For example, it's, there's just such a big scope of, things that really need to be tackled to make a difference and tackling it is hard tackling it is hard so that's why I just cope with plant medicine (laughs) I will say one thing that was really cool when we were microdosing so before I had come over yeah you had put on makeup you told me when we got there that we that you didn't like it yeah right or you weren't sure about it yeah. And then we... I, I put on winged eyeliner, you guys, because now, like, in my 30s... We're I'm, trying new things. We're trying new things. Well, and, I mean, I've done that in the past, but now I have more hooded eyelids than I've had in the past. She does it's, not. It's, like, very subtle. No big deal. But, I mean, you'll see. Just wait. Whenever the day comes where you meet my dad, they're just, like, slowly but surely gonna, you know, come down even further. And I was like, well, maybe this winged eyeliner will make my eyes look better. But then, of course, as I'm high on mushrooms, I'm like, no, this is not my face. I look like an idiot. Then I tried to take it off. It was, like, all over. I was like, Kate, you have got to record this. It's too bad we didn't That's get it on That's what we video. should have done the live as. But, no, it was, it was really funny because afterwards you just looked like you felt so much better. And so, totally. again, what I will leave you with is microdosing strips down the things that maybe you don't want to look at, you don't want to have, and it kind of just brings you back to an area where you can repave those sledding paths for your brain and make those push-throughs to be the person that you want to be. Yeah, like it brings you back to your true north, to what actually you value, what you're actually doing here. You know, the reality of our existence is so insane and 
special and magical for lack of a better word and there are days we don't give a shit about it yeah well certainly (laughs) but I feel like you know you get so disconnected in the way that our society is structured and it's just like a reset to come back to this place of humanity and trusting in your sixth sense baby that intuition I went home afterwards after it was done and I felt like the calmness stayed with me or the groundedness stayed with me. Nothing that my kids did, no problem that they brought me. It didn't even cause a blip on my patient's radar. I was like, okay, well, let's figure it out and move through it because we don't have any other fucking choice, do we? Totally. It is. It's like a calming that lasts beyond the experience. Yeah. Which is why in that episode I was talking about the person I know who's taking anti-anxiety medication I realize that that might be for some people and that might be the only route that you're comfortable with and I get that. But if you have to take that every single day and there's a potential that you could do a mushroom chocolate one afternoon and feel relaxed the whole rest of the week. Or at least figure out a plan of attack from there, right? Because some good things were brought up there. I've started uh, writing down things that I feel grateful for every day since then. Just because I'm like, I want to carry this gratitude that I'm feeling right now for the situation that I'm in, the ability to go ahead and record this podcast. I want to keep it going. Exactly right. Me too. I love this. Getting slightly distracted by my neighbor's dog losing his goddamn mind, but hopefully he's going to... Not come here again. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, we love that guy. He's here a lot. Anyways, you guys, if you have any any feelings about this, experiences that you've had with microdosing or macrodosing, any type of psychedelic questions, we are here to guide you, be resources for you, support you, make these conversations feel safe and okay. Reach out to us, popmomspodcast at gmail.com, or you can DM us at popmomspodcast. See you later. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Cannabis Health Radio is a podcast about stories from people around the world who have used cannabis to deal with serious ailments, many of them life-threatening. My name is Ian Jessup. My co-host, Corey Elland, is no stranger to the devastating emotional impact faced by so many people receiving a death sentence diagnosis from a doctor. Told she only had months to live with anal canal cancer, Corey researched and immediately began using cannabis oil to eliminate her cancer and has been cancer-free for more than a decade. She told herself that if it worked, she would spend the rest of her life helping others, which she does tirelessly every day. When you listen to our podcast, you'll hear many stories like Corey's, along with others who have used cannabis oil for many more ailments besides cancer, such as chronic pain, PTSD, MS, and many, many more. As one of our guests said, your podcast gave me the confidence to save my own life. 
We regularly get messages from listeners who have heard our podcast and use cannabis to solve a serious health issue of their own or that of a loved one. We hope you listen to these stories and be as inspired and moved as we are with each and every episode.